Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stories in the Dark. My name is Gabrielle Awe, and I will be telling stories that are best listened to alone with the lights down low. Stories that are dark and creepy and sometimes dangerous. The stories are mostly written by me, unless otherwise noted, and the stories are mostly fiction. Mostly. So turn down the lights, close your eyes, and settle in to listen to Stories in the Dark. In order to celebrate the launch of our new podcast, we have a bonus story for you this week. Consider it some extra content as a thank you for listening to our podcast. This week's story is called The Heart of a Star. I actually wrote this story for a science fiction writing contest that was centered around a space legend. That was the writing prompt that we were given to write a legend that someone might tell in a space bar or around a campfire, something futuristic but still haunting, like a fairy tale or a legend out of time. So this is my story, and again, it is called The Heart of a Star. My grandfather told me this story. He said his grandfather told him, and his before that, stretching back thousands of years, almost back to when humans first left Earth, if there ever really was a first Earth. I wasn't sure I believed in fairy tales anymore, even as my grandfather sat with me by the smokeless fire in our habitat, getting ready to tell me another one. He settled into his favorite chair, a semi-sentient bag that forms around you, no matter how you want to sit. He liked to call it Charlie. Charlie was almost as old as he was, synth leather rubbed bare in places. Grandfather patted Charlie and poured clean water into a glass to get ready for his story. Long ago, when our people left the first earth to find a new future out in the stars, they didn't know what they were going to find. They were afraid of the cold and the vacuum of space, but that was it. They didn't know to be afraid of the fire fleas or the space crabs, those little buggers that latch onto spaceships and eat their way through the holes and sealant. They just didn't know. They knew about the dark and the black holes, and they thought that was the worst of it. So there they are, our ancestors, in their rickety little ships powered by explosions and fire, shooting out into space with no real idea what they were going to find. Our galaxy and solar system had been around for a while by then. They had to be, in order for life to form. You know what it takes for life, sentient life, to take hold on a world? I nodded. In school, we learned about stars and the planets that are drawn around them. It takes a long, long time for the solar systems to settle down and the planets to cool, get an atmosphere, and even after all that, only sometimes does the right combination of factors create life. And even when all that happens, only sometimes is it sentient life. We were lucky to have been born at all. The magic is in the star itself. The universe loves to give birth to stars. It's like the whole of creation celebrates when a star is born. There's so much energy, so much potential, so much fire and light that coalesce and then explode into those burning balls of gas that make everything in the universe possible. Stars are God's gift to us, the magic that gives us light and heat. Everything that is depends on the stars. Planets only exist because they have a star that draws them in and holds them stable. Without stars, we wouldn't have planets, just giant chunks of rock swirling around. Like a meteor field? 
We all knew what meteor fields meant for our ships and habitats. Like that, yes, but everywhere. No planets, no atmosphere, no green, green food. Just meat? He shook his head. Not even meat. Meat needs green, green food to eat so the meat can grow. You're probably wondering about your synth shakes. Without light and plants and meat, there wouldn't be clever bipeds who learned how to make synth shakes at all. No air, nothing. Without stars, there would be nothing. It takes thousands of years for the forces and circumstances to come together just right for stars to be born. I know it seems like there are so many. There are so many. But it's like the cells of your body. You need those cells to be there in order for you to exist. You need those cells to replicate and repair and replace in order for you to grow and live. The universe is like that. It needs galaxies and stars in order for the universe to live and keep growing. So the stars are all of the potential of the universe, out there creating life and new worlds and new people, like us, to settle in all the corners of the verse. The universe needs the stars, and the stars need to be born in order for life to flourish. Every new star creates the possibility of new sentient beings like us. Didn't our ancestors know all of that? I asked. Kind of. They knew about stars and galaxies and gravity, but they didn't know. They just didn't know. He stopped and cleared his throat, staring at his hands. He held them apart, the fingers thick and gnarled and strong from working the habitat for decades. I could almost see an invisible sphere held between his hands. Watch, he instructed, as he moved his hands close, closer, cupping a small, small space between them now. This is the heart of a star, he said quietly, his voice low now. He moved his hands apart, far, far apart. This is the space of the potential, the space around the heart while the star is trying to be born. His hands moved in and out, in and out, like the beating of a heart. In this space, there is dust and energy and fuel surrounding the star's heart. His hands moved like waves. The star has to make them part of it. It pulls them in and transforms them into something else, something different, something that becomes the body of the star, protecting its heart and bringing light and heat to everything in its vicinity. His hands formed around a large space, a large area that was the new star. When our ancestors traveled through space, looking for new homes to replace the first Earth, they came across emptiness. Big, empty gaps in the galaxy, surrounded by dead rocks, blackness, dead space. Grandfather dropped his hands in his lap. They looked dead now, drained of energy. Was it a black hole? My voice shook a little. Black holes, black holes. We knew about them. We whispered about them. No. No, little one. Not a black hole. Worse. A black hole was once something. If a black hole eats something, it is eating a something that was once at least alive, something that maybe did what it needed to do. Everything dies, even stars and worlds. Death is part of life. This was something else. They didn't know what it was. They passed the dead place and went on, looking for something they couldn't find. They found stars in their prime, but with worlds that were too old, or too young, or too big, or too small. They kept going, 
generations living and dying on these ships, looking, forever looking. They started whispering something awful, just a thought, a hint, a nightmare from one to another. The stars. Something was eating the new stars. Something was crawling through the universe like a cancer, killing the stars before they could light themselves up. Something was taking the energy, stealing the potential, eating their hearts before they were strong enough to protect themselves. Something powerful and evil was out there, killing life itself, slowly, trying to prevent the universe from growing and replacing old stars as they eventually die a natural death. They whispered this, a legend they told themselves as they drifted from star to star, finding dead spaces where young stars should be. And then, eventually, they saw it. My heart fluttered in my chest. My hands were up at my mouth and I had to force myself to blink. What did they see? I whispered. They saw a light, a tiny light with dust and magic swirling around it. They saw a new star, the first any human had ever seen. The tiny heart reaching out to ignite the fuel the universe had given it as a birth present. They saw it with their eyes and their hearts and their souls. This gift the universe gives us to make life itself possible. The star stuttered, reaching, trying to make light, trying to find form. It was so beautiful. They couldn't look away. They watched the universe giving birth to the first star in this sector, and while they watched, something horrible happened. It came. The star eater they had dreamt up in their nightmares and whispered to each other in the dark. It came. They couldn't see the thing itself. They could only see the shape of darkness as it reached out. Five swirling arms like a starfish, immense and dark and blotting out the light as it reached out with one of its arms and the baby star was gone. Gone as if it had never been. And then it disappeared. Gone back to whatever hell dimension would spawn a thing that exists only to eat stars and slowly, slowly kill the universe. I wiped my palms on my dress and reminded myself to breathe. Breathe. Is there only one? Grandfather looked me in the eye. You'd better hope so. One is more than enough, I'd say. They never saw another one. But in the thousands of years since, I've heard of colonies out there who have come across more dead spaces. And I knew a fella who dropped off supplies for this habitat who thought he saw something that looked like a starfish made of darkness swimming through space, looking for something looking for something to eat. He stopped, and we sat there like that for a bit, breathing, looking through the dome of our habitat as our rotation brought us around to see the light from the weak little star that made our lives here possible. My heartbeat settled down, and I reminded myself that the star eater, if it was true, if it was real, only ate the new stars. I hope it's not true, Grandpa, I whispered. He held out a hand and watched the shadow of his fingers crawl across the floor of the habitat. Of course it's true, he whispered back.